Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast where we celebrate and remember all things and everything classic TV. I don't know what's up with me and the daily podcasts lately, but uh, here we are back again, third day in a row. Um, We decided to go ahead, last night we decided to go ahead and bring our weekly episode to you now, a little bit earlier than planned. But before we dive off into that, I must backtrack to the episode that we did yesterday about the All-Star Family Feud specials. I mistakenly referred to Jay Johnson, who uh, was on the TV show Soap. I accidentally called his character on the show. I called him Bob, when in actuality, Jay Johnson portrayed Chuck. He portrayed Chuck, uh, what was his last name? Chuck Campbell. Yeah, he was uh, Bert's son. You know, uh, if you ever watched the show, you remember Chuck and Bob very well. Well, Chuck was the puppet. And uh, uh, Bob was the puppet, rather. Still mixing it up. Bob was the puppet that would say anything that popped into, you know, whatever. He'd say say anything. Very rude, very insulting, but very funny. Chuck was the one who, uh, you know, was the uh, puppet master. So uh, I had to make that quick fix before we went any further into today's episode. So I'm so sorry to Jay Johnson. I got that mixed up. But yeah, Jay Johnson on Soap portrayed Chuck. He portrayed um, Chuck Campbell. Today, though, we're going to take a look at Charlie's Angels Part 2 and take a look at the uh, quote-unquote replacement angels that came beginning in Season 2. As we said last time in the first episode about Charlie's Angels, season one, at the end of that season, Farrah Fawcett Majors left the show. She had basically had enough and she wanted out and no one could talk her out of that. So as a result, Aaron Spelling filed a lawsuit against her. She was pretty much blacklisted for a while, couldn't work at all, was seen as a troublemaker because I don't know how it is now, though it might be the same way in 2023, but uh, in 1977, if you left a hit TV show for no reason, you were seen in a negative light. So, and a lot of people did see Farrah Fawcett in a negative light. They thought that she was full of herself. She was conceited, arrogant. And I remember reading, uh, of course, Saturday Night Fever made its debut that December. And they had showings across the country. They had one showing, I believe, was in New York, New York City. And, uh, of course, if you've ever seen that movie, uh, John Travolta's character, Tony Monero, has a picture of Farrah Fawcett on his wall. And they show the poster up close in a scene. Well, the audience booed. I don't know if that happened in New York. I think it was New York. Don't know if it happened in any other uh, locations across the country when the show, when the movie was released. But she was not very popular for a while after she left the show. And the lawsuit did not help matters any. Now, more on how that all played out a little bit later. So anyway, Aaron Spelling, Lynn Goldberg are in a panic. They have got to keep their tip-top number one show on the air. They cannot let Farrah Fawcett demean, derail that, rather. They can't let her come in there and, and, and just take that away. So they immediately go on a hunt for a brand new angel. Well, who was that gonna be? Well, they ran to Cheryl Ladd. Aaron Spelling and his wife Candy were out to dinner. 
They ran into Cheryl Ladd and her husband, David. And Candy suggested to Aaron, Cheryl is so beautiful. She would be great on Charlie's Angels. So he contacted Cheryl probably the next day, offered her the job. She turned it down. She just didn't want to step into the shoes of someone as hugely popular as Farrah Fawcett. And I understand that that was very intimidating to say the least. You're going to replace her. But then, you know, Aaron Spelling, you know, didn't want to give up on her. And they talked it out a little bit more, fleshed out the character that she'd be portraying a little bit more. They decided at Cheryl's insistence or suggestion that they make her character a little bit funny, kind of clumsy, definitely the new kid on the block, definitely the inexperienced angel, definitely the one who was prone to making mistakes, kind of like the little sister to everybody. Well, Erin agreed, as did Lynn Goldberg, and so she signed on to replace Farrah Fawcett. She would be Jill Monroe's little sister, Chris Monroe. Chris, of course, as I said in the last episode, was over in San Francisco, and she, too, was in the police academy, and so she replaced big sister Jill. Jill left Townsend Investigations, and she decided to go be a race car driver across the around the world. Sabrina and Kelly, Jacqueline Smith, Kate Jackson, not very happy about this, both on camera or behind the scenes. If you remember the episode, the first episode that Cheryl Ladd was in was Angels in Paradise. At the beginning of the episode, you see Kelly and Sabrina and Bosley in the Townsend um, Investigations office, and they're very unhappy about the idea of a replacement. They were not happy. They were literally pacing the floor, complaining and venting to Bosley. They they did not want another girl. They didn't want to work with another girl. No one could replace Jill, ever. Well, that's pretty much how uh, it was in real life. Kate Jackson, Jacqueline Smith, not happy at all about Farrah's departure because, as I said before, the three became very good friends. They really bonded and connected. The chemistry they had off screen was very evident on screen. So they did not want a replacement. They didn't like that idea. And um, But, of course, you know, they had to go along with the powers that be But when Cheryl first came to the show, she first arrived on set. Uh, For one thing, she wore a a T-shirt that she made called Farrah Fawcett Minor to kind of break the tension, and it worked. The crew loved Cheryl. The crew loved Cheryl. She and David Doyle became very, very close. Kate and Jacqueline, definitely not, uh, not, you know, very friendly to, to Cheryl. They were cold to her, distant, didn't want to share a dressing room with her. She had a really tough go of it behind the scenes in the very beginning when she came to the show uh, in regard to, you know, her two main co-stars, Kate and and Jacqueline. Of course, she and Jacqueline became friends over the years. They're still friends today. Cheryl Ladd lives in Texas, I found out. Whenever she's in L.A., she and Jacqueline Smith always get together and see each other. And since uh, Jacqueline Smith is from Texas, when she comes to Texas, well, you know, she might get together with Cheryl. But they are still very good friends. Um, Jacqueline did warm up to Cheryl gradually over time behind the scenes. And again, like I said, they became good friends. Kate Jackson, whoever, never did like Cheryl Ladd. They were never friends. They worked together, and in the words of Cheryl Ladd, they got the work done. 
but they definitely were not close. There was no love lost between the two of them at all. Kate just didn't seem to care for Cheryl. Not sure why that was. When I first found out about it, I was stunned because they were such good actresses. You just would never have known this by watching them on the show. But uh, yeah, they just did not mesh. Kate just didn't care for Cheryl. And I think Cheryl, from what I understand, tried to bond with Kate, but Kate just wasn't feeling it. I mean, there were days when Kate would be speaking to Cheryl and then other days, like the next day, for instance, she would not be speaking to Cheryl at all. So it was a very contentious relationship for the two years they worked together on the show. Now, in regard to Cheryl Ladd and the fans, well, Cheryl Ladd became very, very popular. Cheryl Ladd to this day is as popular as the three original angels. As I said, her first appearance was in Angels in Paradise. The date that episode was a two-part episode when the angels went off to Hawaii to rescue Charlie, who'd been kidnapped. The episode, again, two hours long, it aired originally on September the 14th, 1977. And of course, the angels continued to do well in the ratings. The show was as popular as ever. The introduction to Cheryl Ladd did not hurt the show at all. I think the ratings dropped. I've heard different stories. Now, I've heard the ratings dropped a bit. I've also heard the ratings did not drop at all. I do know that at the end of the 1977-78 season, Charlie's Angels was the fourth highest rated show on television. It actually jumped up from its premiere debut first season when it was it finished out the season as the fifth highest rated show what jumped up to number four right behind three's company right ahead of all in the family so the introduction of cheryl ladd definitely did not hurt the show whatsoever and plus she had another little little cutie with a great body that didn't mind wearing bathing suits or bikinis so you had two of the angels who were frequently in bathing suits and bikinis i think cheryl at one point wore bikinis and bathing suits more than anybody even Jacqueline Smith. She was always showing off that knockout body of hers. So from 1977 to 79, you had the same three angels. In 1978, however, um, the lawsuit between Farah and Aaron Spelling was finally settled. It was settled out of court. It was agreed upon that she would return to Charlie's Angels for six episodes over the course of two seasons. Well, that first episode was Angel Come Home, which aired September 20th, 1978. Jill comes home because she's engaged. She's back to visit with Chris and she's back at the beach house with her. She sees uh, Kelly and, and Sabrina and Bosley. It's a good episode. And I must admit, it was exciting when Farrah came back. And uh, hey, in regard to those of us who were playing Charlie's Angels every day at recess at school, that meant that you could have another girl to come along and play. That's what we always did. So instead of it being Kelly, Chris, and Sabrina, you also had Jill. So you get got to have four girls play in Charlie's Angels. And that was extra fun for us. So, you know, I love it. I love whenever Jill would come back. Those episodes were always very popular. Still fun to watch to this day, seeing four Charlie's Angels. But by 1978, things weren't going so well in regard to Kate Jackson's time on the show. Kate was always a phenomenal actress. Now, even the, the harshest critics of Charlie's Angels have to admit that Kate Jackson could act. She was a great actress. And she was so good that she was offered the part in the upcoming film, Kramer vs. Kramer, opposite Dustin Hoffman. That film, to this day, 
still highly regarded. It was basically a story about a woman who leaves her husband and her son. She's just feeling trapped by marriage and motherhood. And so she takes off and leaves inadvertently when she does come back later on. It's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend it. But I remember all the hype around Kramer vs. Kramer when it was, you know, being filmed, when it came out in 1979. Well, uh, she was offered the part in that film, didn't even have to audition for it. That's just how good she was. She very, very, very badly wanted to take that part. But Aaron Spelling, Leonard Goldberg, told her that it was not possible. They couldn't shoot around her. She had a commitment to do the Charlie's Angels. They needed her to be there. So she had to turn down that role. The role, of course, went to Meryl Streep, and it made Meryl Streep's career. And that's why Meryl Streep is the actress that we all know today. She won an Academy Award, and her career just continued to skyrocket from then going forward. Well, that could have been Kate Jackson. She could have won the Academy Award. She certainly was a good enough actress to have won an Academy Award. She was nominated for an Emmy for three times for Charlie's Angels, but each time, you know, someone else beat her out. Uh, Lindsay Wagner beat her out one time. Say the Thompson on Family beat her out one time. I can't think of the other actress who beat her, but she was still nominated. Her work was still recognized. Kate, already very difficult, as I said in the last episode, to deal with anyway became even worse. Kate was impossible on set. It got to the point where she was not speaking to anybody unless she had to. She'd go for days without speaking to anybody. And then when she would speak to someone, she would blow up. She would have a conniption, a meltdown on set. It got absolutely impossible to deal with her. So as we get to the end of the 1978-1979 season, which Charlie's Angels ended as the 12th highest rated show in the country on television. At the end of the season, uh, and to this day, there is still, was Kate Jackson fired or did she quit? Well, there is a uh, there was a People magazine cover story about all of this in the summer of 1979. I remember seeing it on the newsstands. I refused to buy it. Because as I said, she was my favorite angel and I was not happy at all about her leaving the show. But I read the article online some months ago. And according to what the article said, Kate was in Hawaii with her husband at the time, Andrew Stevens. And she got a phone call from Aaron Spelling. And he basically told her that she was not going to be coming back to the show for the fall. So Kate Jackson was fired from the show. Kate Jackson was just too difficult. They had really had enough of her. And in later years, she did admit that she did cause them problems. So it was time for yet another search for another angel. I mean, they were considering Barbara Bach and Michelle Pfeiffer, Kathy Lee Gifford, uh, Sherry Belafonte Harper. They were considering a lot of beautiful women. I think I I said Michelle Pfeiffer already. They were considering a lot of beautiful women, but they decided to go with Shelly Hack. I thought it was really cool at the time because Shelly Hack, if you remember, was the Charlie girl. Remember the perfume Charlie? Very popular commercials she was in. She was the Charlie girl, Bobby Short, the uh, very famous famous jazz musician did the vocals in the commercials he did the singing and they thought it was a really great idea Aaron and Lynn hey let's 
make the Charlie girl one of Charlie's angels. I thought it was a great idea too. I love those Charlie commercials. I thought that she would be a great fit. So they decided to pick out Shelly Hack. She was going to portray Tiffany Wells. Tiffany Wells was from Boston. Tiffany Wells was very classy. She was very sophisticated, kind of distant in a way. She was definitely different, and they wanted to bring a, a, a different level of class to the show. They're trying to make it um, not so much about bikinis and bathing suits, and they wanted to make it a little bit more serious in tone, and they thought that Shelly Hack would be a really good, you know, one to make that happen and they said that she reminded them of a very young Katherine Hepburn which I can definitely you know understand that but um Shelly made her debut on Charlie's Angels on September the 12th 1979 uh again it was a two-part episode it was titled Love Boat Angels and this is how we get to meet um Tiffany Wells. It was revealed that Sabrina had suddenly gotten married and left uh, towns and investigations. And because she wanted to, not only would had she gotten married, but they wanted, she and her husband wanted to go start a family. So that's how they wrote out the character of Sabrina Duncan. Here's the thing in regard to Shelly Hack and Tiffany Wells. Shelly Hack was a very attractive woman. I thought that she was a great fit for the show, like I said. But the writers, I don't know if Aaron and Lynn were involved in it directly, but the writers did not know how to write for her. They had her more as a sidelined character. She was not front and center like Cheryl Ladd and Jacqueline Smith's characters were. It got to the point where they were even having full episodes around both Chris and Kelly. Well, Tiffany was just in the background. Tiffany stayed in the background. Even from the first episode, once they introduced her and she showed up at Towns Investigations and all this and that, she met the other two angels. Um, she was in the background. I mean, it just, it just was not going to work and it didn't work. A lot of people, they thought that Shelly's acting was the problem, you know, and Shelly, of course, definitely her acting was definitely different from that of Kate Jackson. Uh, Kate Jackson was definitely more um, passionate in her acting than Shelly was. But when Shelly got the chance to be in an episode and have more to do, she was good. She was really good. And it got to the point where, from what I've read, Shelly began to get really dissatisfied with the way that her character was being uh, you know, used in the show and she was not very happy behind the scenes. They claimed that she didn't get along very well with Cheryl Ladd in particular. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just something that I have heard and, and read in different articles over the years, different books. Uh, I do know that Cheryl Ladd and Jacqueline Smith are going through divorces at that time. And they both have admitted that they probably were not as supportive of Shelley because of what was going on in their personal lives. Uh, but there was definitely, you know, and um, I know that Norman Miller, Nolan, not Norman, Nolan Miller, who was the costume designer behind the scenes, did not care for Shelly. He didn't like Kate Jackson either because Kate Jackson, again, she was difficult in regard to even her wardrobe. Kate hated wardrobe fittings. She didn't like all the fancy clothes. She was very low key. She loved to wear turtlenecks and jeans. And she and Nolan Miller clashed in regard to that. 
He, of course, did not care for Shelly. He thought that she was a bad actress and he would say week after week. This is, I heard him say this in a documentary. He said this himself. He said that he would ask every week, literally, what she's still doing here. You know, so there are people behind the scenes who really were not supportive of Shelly. She didn't have a lot of support. I mean, when um, Cheryl Ladd first joined the show, she had David Doyle. She had his support. He really supported her a lot, especially in the very beginning when she was on her own and being treated so coldly by Kate and Jacqueline. Shelly, I don't know if, if, if she had that same support from David Doyle or not. But Shelly was pretty much on her own and not very happy about the situation. She kind of saw that things weren't going well and she wasn't happy about it. And the ratings did drop, I must admit. The ratings did decline. Um, I remember one thing that did help the show's ratings drop because the show ended the season at number 17, which is not too bad, really. It's still in the top 20. So that's not too bad. But I remember that they, NBC who was trying to really up their game. Fred Silverman, I think, was gone by this time. They were trying to up their game in regard to their ratings. Um, they placed different strokes on opposite Charlie's Angels. And I have to admit, being an eight-year-old kid, eight, nine-year-old kid, I was watching different strokes more and more week after week. I really was. I loved different strokes, you know, because there were kids on there, you know, a little bit older than I was. And, you know, it was just a good show, you know. And we have a different strokes episode coming up, by the way, somewhere down the line. There is a lot to talk about in regard to that show for sure. But, uh, yeah, so that too affected the ratings of Charlie's Angels. But again, even though Different Strokes was competition over on NBC, the show still finished in the top 20. Well, let's look at Valentine's Day 1980. David Doyle, Cheryl Ladd, Jacqueline Smith were all given Valentine's from Spelling and Goldberg. Hey, great job. Great season. We'll see you next year. See you next season. Shelly did not get a Valentine. Long story short, Shelly was fired from the show. Shelly was not even told directly by the network or by Spelling or Goldberg. She found it out from a reporter. When a reporter asked her how did she feel about being released from the show. She wasn't too surprised. She was stunned, but not too, too stunned because things weren't going well anyway in regard to her time on the show. I really think that the show failed her. Because the show never gave her a chance. The show never gave her a chance to really prove what she could do. Now, I've even read in, again, magazines and articles and books. If you look in the beginning of the season, Shelly's hair was like really frizzy. The hairdressers didn't even want to do Shelly's hair properly. If you look at Shelly's hair later in the season, her hair was really sleek. Really sleek and blown out and just, you know, she looked gorgeous. But uh, by that time, it was too late. You know, there been, you know, there's too much bad blood. And, uh, you know, basically, she wasn't happy being there. And so she did not mind packing up and leaving Charlie's Angels. So that meant it was time for Angel number six. So again, they went on this, you know, hunt for a sixth angel. And that sixth angel was Tanya Roberts, really hot redhead. How'd they write out Tiffany? Well, Tiffany was going to be spending time back east for a while. That's all that they had to say when the show came back in the fall of 1980. 
Tanya Roberts made her debut in the, again, two-part episode titled Angel in Hiding. It premiered on October, not October, excuse me, November the 30th, 1980. Now, the character that she portrayed was Julie Rogers. Julie was a model. She was the first of the angels not to have been a part of the police academy. Really good episode, you know, the introduction. They really introduced her into the show very well. Like they introduced Chris very well. They introduced Julie very well too. The introduction to Tiffany, not that great, as I said before. Too much focus on Cheryl Ladd and what she was doing, you know, in the episode. Chris and Bert Convy, you know, he was the you know, password, Bert Convy, you remember him? He hosted Password, not Password, Tattletales. Although he did host Super Password in the 80s, so I didn't exactly get that completely wrong. But uh, they didn't introduce Tiffany very well at all into the show. Well, they introduced Julie very well, and uh, they made up for their mistakes. I really liked the character of Julie. She was spunky. She was really pretty. She was really had a great chemistry with the rest of the cast. She got along very well. This is something that Tanya Roberts said herself, that she got along really well with both uh, Jacqueline Smith and Cheryl Ladd, that they were very cool in her words to work with. And of course, they had good things to say about her. And this, contrary to popular belief, this was the only season where you got to see all three angels in bathing suits or bikinis. This was the first time that all three of the angels were wearing those outfits on the show. Unfortunately, the show continued to decline in the ratings. For one thing, they changed the time slot to Sunday night. Charlie's Angels was a Wednesday night fixture for years. But ABC got the brilliant idea. They were trying to compete with the powerhouse lineup over on CBS. Archie Bunker's Place, after 60 minutes, Archie Bunker's Place, one day at a time, all in the family, not all in the family, what am I saying? Alice, the Jeffersons, and Trapper John M.D. That was an unbeatable lineup, and uh, ABC was trying to compete with it. That's why they switched Mork and Mindy over to Sunday nights as well. Well, they also switched Charlie's Angels to Sunday nights, and it didn't work. The ratings dropped for both Mork and Mindy and Charlie's Angels because CBS's lineup was just too difficult to compete with and definitely impossible to beat. So the ratings began to drop even further and decline even more. It ended up dropping all the way down to number 59. And at that point, the network decided that they would go ahead and just cancel the, sh- the, cancel the show after five years. The last episode aired on June the 24th, 1981. I wasn't too surprised when it ended, to be honest. I mean, it, it you just kind of could tell that the show was coming to a close. It was not a very big surprise to me when it ended. It, I was not caught off guard. I was not blindsided. I saw it was coming. But um, it had a great run, though. Charlie's Angels had a wonderful run. And, uh, you know, of course, the entire series is available on DVD and I believe also on Blu-ray. Lots of groups around social media dedicated to Charlie's Angels. Uh, there is a website. There's, there is a, uh, I'm going to give it a shout out to a, Jack, a guy named Jack Condon. Not only did he write a book about Charlie's Angels, it's over, it's out of print, I think. Um, I have it naturally, but uh, you can find it over on Amazon, eBay. It's kind of pricey. Uh, it's called the Charlie's Angels Casebook. He wrote it. Jack Condon was the biggest fan of the show beginning from when it made its first premiere as a 
movie of the week in March 1976. And by the time it became a weekly series in uh, September of that year, he was collecting everything under the sun. Well, this guy has the biggest Charlie's Angels collection in the world. He's got any and everything you could think of in regard to the show. I think there are maybe just a couple of items that he's still trying to find. But his collection is unbelievable. So look this guy up. Check out his book. Look up his collection. He met all six angels. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's got us all beat, I think. But Charlie's Angels, like I said, my favorite show of all growing up. Uh, again, like I said before, I have a very special affection in regard to it today. Sadly, we have had some of the cast pass away. David Doyle passed away in 1997. John Forsyth, the voice of Charlie, has also passed since that time. I can't remember the year. I think it was maybe 2011. Farrah Fawcett passed away in June of 2009. She was 62. And Tanya Roberts passed away. She's passed away as well. Uh, I believe that she was 65 years old. So, um, again, how did the public react to both Tiffany and Julie? Well, the public's opinions, the fans' opinions about Julie and Tiffany are pretty mixed. You have very loyal, very staunch Tiffany Wells fans. There are a lot of people who feel the way that I do that she was never given a fair chance. And then you have those people who thought that she killed the show, which I disagree with. And then you have the fans of Julie Rogers. You know, you have those really loyal Julie Rogers fans. And they have those out there who think that, you know, she wasn't very good. So the Charlie's Angels fans are really split in regard to both Tiffany Wells and Julie Rogers. I like them both. I thought they both got, brought a lot to the show. Julie was really spunky. She was feisty. Very, very pretty. And and the funny thing is that when the show was first in its inception, this is what Aaron Spelling wanted all along. He and Lynn Goldberg, a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead. And in the last season, that's exactly what they got. But uh, yeah, I like both ladies. I like all six of the angels. They're all very dear to me in in, in special, different ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, like I said, my favorite is still, of course, Sabrina, even to this day. All I have to do is look at all the turtlenecks in my closet and my bob hair cuts that I am getting on a regular basis. But I like all of them. I love all of the angels, you know, Charlie, Bosley, just the whole everything. And it was definitely our honor to bring this episode to you to wrap it up and take a look at those replacement angels, you know, because of course the, the, the original three get the most attention still to this very day. They get the most attention. Cheryl, like I said, gets attention as well, but usually she's to this right now, the way that things are now, the way they've been for a while, she's still kind of behind the original three, you know? Um, so it was definitely something we wanted to do to take a look at not only Cheryl, but also Shelly and Tanya, give them, you know, show them some love, give them some attention, give them some, you know, um, time within this podcast. But, uh, yeah, Charlie's Angels, like I said, uh, one of the, the most popular TV shows in the history of television. It spawned two movies. You know, Drew Barrymore got the rights, and they had the two movies. I've seen them both. Not bad. 
Uh, but of course, you know, I'm going to be partial to the original show. Like I said, I don't knock the movies. You have a lot of fans of the show who, who hate the movies, knock the movies. I don't feel that way about the movies. They were not that bad. But of course, I am partial. More My favorite's the show, and I do lean more in that direction. There was also another Charlie's Angels reboot. They tried to have one called Angels 88 in 1988, but that never, you know, went anywhere. That was going to be over on Fox, but, you know, it never got off the ground. They had a new Charlie's Angels in 2008 on ABC. It lasted for a few months. I never watched it. My sister did. She said it was not a bad show, but she said they were trying a little bit too hard to compete with the original. That was her take on it. And so she thought it was kind of a turnoff, that they should have focused more on their own unique spin instead of trying to prove, in a way, one-up the original. She said that that definitely took away from that reboot. But, uh... Yeah, that is going to wrap up this episode as we took a look at Charlie's Angels Part 2, 1977 and 1981. Again, the entire series is available on DVD and Blu-ray. Lots of memorabilia available on eBay. Even some is available on Amazon. Um, you know, Charlie's Angels, Fair Fawcett Hair is still extremely popular. If you do, All you have to do is go to TikTok. Go to Instagram, go to YouTube. There are Farrah Fawcett tutorials all over YouTube, how to wear that gorgeous Farrah Fawcett hairstyle. I wore it in college myself. Really fun hairstyle, I must admit, but it's a lot of work. If you really want that hairstyle to pop, you have to put some time in it. I'm, I've always been lazy with my hair, I am embarrassed to say. That's why the Kate Jackson look works so well for me, because it's so simplistic and so easy to maintain. It's low maintenance. The Farrah Fawcett style, like I said, you have to put a lot into that. But if you don't mind spending a lot of time on your hair, it's a great style. It's a lot of fun. And uh, who knows? I might try it again sometime. You never know what happens, you know, what the future holds down the road. As what the future holds for the next episode of this podcast, well, we're not quite sure yet. We're thinking about doing something in regard to music again. You know, we do go off into music. We're thinking about maybe doing that, or we might do another episode on another TV show. We've got some new requests in that, you know, other, uh, you know, people I know, friends of mine who listen to the show, give me some ideas, give me some requests. Uh, So we're thinking about going in that direction. But whatever we do, we'll be back with it in about a week. Thank you for joining us for Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast. Thank you again for your time and for your support. And until we're back with that next episode, we'll see you all then.